I doubt if there is any problem, social, political, or economic, that would not melt away before the fire of such a spiritual undertaking. Okay, welcome back to another edition of the Life and Liquor Podcast, where we all came back together again. Michael's back with us. How are you? How's it going, Michael? Were you actually like leaking reports to this from the Supreme Court? Was that why you weren't here last week? Okay, well, I didn't want to talk about it, but now you brought it up. <laughs> that, was that why you so that's what the podcast is going to be about now. <laughs> Some, like, you know, spy stuff, <laughs> Mission Impossible, <laughs> breaking into the, into the Supreme Court. Yeah, surprisingly, way cooler than it is in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, it's like, it's like the movie's better than the book. So, in this have, have you ever seen the movie, like, Mummy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, what's her face? Who? Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I, when I was trying to crack in there... They like they had some gold book. They read some weird, you know. I'm sure it was, you know, I'm, I don't know. Maybe it was know, <laughs> some Mormon Bible thing. And there was Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Bader Ginsburg, just like ah, jumping after me. It was, kind of, <laughs> it was it was wild. It was wild. But I got the intel, and uh, we should all pray and fast and celebrate the potential possibility of this being true. Okay, so so this is, was a conservative inside job for the yeah, Supreme oh, Court. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Just yeah. Yeah. Okay. Don't tell anybody though. Okay. Well, it'll just be our secret and the five listeners. So it's like that's eight people. Oh, that's amazing. That's, that's a secret. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like more people in the conclave know about what's going on than than us five. Eight. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Peter's back as well. I'm back um, for another conversation as well. Um, but yeah, so we can jump into it as we were ranting even before we got into this. Um, last night, as we were like, I was trying to work out. Um, started my phone started blowing up about the Politico article that said essentially Alito came out um, with essentially what looked like a complete denunciation of, of Roe v. Wade um, that it would overturn it. It looks like he has the five votes. Unsurprisingly, Roberts isn't one of them because <laughs> he's like trying to be an institutionalist, which I, I literally don't understand how that works anymore. Uh, it just means everyone hates you, dude. Like, this, yeah. like, this is what it means. Like, nobody likes you like, on either side. Like, everyone's mad at you. Like, there's no liberal who's just like, man, I love me, John Roberts. They're like, <laughs> yeah, that asshole, like, bailed us out on this one vote, right? It's not like, yeah. Um, <sighs> yeah, so essentially someone leaked it. Um, maybe it was Michael, but, you know, we'll protect the innocent here. Maybe it wasn't. We'll, we'll neither confirm nor deny. Allegedly. Allegedly, <laughs> this is all this is all quite alleged. Um, what do you guys make of this? Um, do you think this comes through uh, and actually is the ruling defining document that comes out on it? Or do you think it's uh, changed up by the end and someone flakes? My understanding is this. I, I, I think they'll get the five votes to overturn Roe um, or at least put Roe in a new context, I think is kind of what the goal will be. Um, like in a state's rights context, Roe in a state state's rights context. Now, um, I think, I don't think Alito's draft will be the final. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that this was, and Roberts even made this clear. And this is from what I, from what I've read is the process where all the justices write a bunch of drafts. They hand them to each other. They ask for feedback. The clerks read them. They, you know, they, it's a real collaborative process, but it uh, seems like one uh, clerk decided to take it upon themselves to leak it to Politico, which would be, 
I mean, from what even in Politico's own article, they said that that has never happened in the history of the court. Yep. yep. Um, and that's a. I was saying before this, like this is not like some political actor who has nothing to lose leaking something to the press or some journo who's like, I'm going to like get like a big scoop and get promoted or something. This is somebody who went to law school, probably graduated top of their class at a top law school to get a clerkship at the Supreme court. And most likely threw all of that away. Maybe they'll get a book deal. Maybe they'll like get picked up to like work in media or something. Yeah. But they probably won't ever work it as in a federal court ever again. Um, and that's really crazy that somebody would do that yep. on something that's a draft. If they wanted to try and preempt the final, or I mean, like even that's crazy, but then, okay, fine. Like, I guess you're really a political actor, but like, this isn't even the final draft. And uh, so, yeah, I, it's crazy that they did this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, sorry, Mike, were you going to say something? No, I was just following that up. Yeah. All these, uh, yeah. All these like Twitter feeds and things like that. Everyone's kind of like like freaking out about like like this has never happened before. This is like absolutely crazy. But then there's also the talk that it's being used as I mean, this is a bullying tactic. This is trying yeah. to trying to to silence the justices or keep the justices in line or yeah. you know or whatever it is to try to you know maybe either a head this off or like we were kind of talking about before what uh, you were saying, Peter, from uh, your family. Um, yeah. saying that this might be a, a ploy to, to hide other uh, news newsworthy headlines. Yep. Um, I don't know. It, it, it is kind of wild. Like, I mean, just uh, come, you know, I have, a, I have a lot of family members that are lawyers or have been lawyers and, and it just like being a clerk is one thing. Being a clerk on the Supreme court is a whole other thing. Yeah. And, uh, and to, to, like, I mean, snitches get stitches. So, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What's the, what's the, is there a legal term for that? <laughs> um, snitch, a sus, a use. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm make it into Latin or something. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Roberts came out and he, I mean, at least publicly, he's pissed. I mean, he's calling for an investigation. And um, so it is going to be interesting. I'm sure they set it up so that who's ever, whoever's clerk, did this has plausible deniability, but mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to know whose office this came out of. Yeah. Is this Breyer who's on his way out or is this Sotomayor who is- has been a loose cannon? I think this is, it has to be Sotomayor. Um, Kagan is too collegial. Kagan. I think she is too collegial. I, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, Sotomayor- I think it had to have been Sotomayor. And the yeah. reason is, is um, I mean, I I've seen this even in my own discipline, um, there's that one line from the young Pope, um, where the older, uh, Cardinal is talking. I deleted like, it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> kind of like that. um, he's talking to this and he, he's, he's, it's after Lenny Bellardo's, um, made the Pope and the kind of fat Italian Cardinal thinks he can control him. And the old guy who got passed up and was supposed to be the Pope looks at him is like, you don't understand. The young are always more radical than the old. Um, and it's true when you like you're dealing with a, our generation, which a has almost like such shredded faith in any sort of institution 
And this kind of goes on both sides. I think this is just kind of a general political atmosphere of people are we, we don't look back to a golden age of U.S. institutions like in the 80s or the 90s or something. Right. Like our memory is seared in with things like um, the war in Iraq and not finding any WMDs. Um, the financial crisis where these banks just take out like really ass backwards loans, um, just a lot of like crumbling of American institutions in general. Okay. And so if you have that idea and you don't have any respect for the institution as like this long storied historic body, then why would you give a damn about the norms and the procedures of it? You know, damn the torpedoes. Like this is, this is your apocalyptic fight against you know, fascism or something, right? Like th- that again, when you, when you put everything in terms of we are literally fighting Nazis, like eventually that has it's it's st- it ceases to just be rhetoric and is actually right. applicable action that you take based off of the goose stepping Nazis down Pennsylvania Avenue or something, right? You, you, like you view yourself as Colonel von Stauffenberg. I mean, and- no, because he's German, you probably see yourself oh, as some right, sort of, of like right. <laughs> You don't even see yourself as one of the GIs, right? Like, I don't even know like, yeah. how you would even see yourself as one of the American GIs. Like, you wouldn't, you're fighting in a... You're separate. part of the Red Army. You're, you're part of the Red Army. <laughs> yeah, you're probably, yeah, exactly. You're probably in the Red Army. And some like, it was because it was perfect because they allowed men and women to fight together, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think my point being, you, you're willing to go and do something that, you know, is you just, yeah. totally self-destructive because you think you're saving sacred America. Or you know, in <laughs> Long like, live sacred America. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's not let's let's we forget the you know yeah. months of riots and just destruction. Yeah. I mean, like you like it, it is proven now that in this country you can you can change yep. policy, you can change, you can affect. Uh, it, we are beholden to terrorism. Yeah, um, and uh, and you can affect change by by you know by force and violence. So like yep. we have reached a point in the, you know in our country where like this is a this is a plausible feasible uh um um execution of power and will yeah. uh, is yeah. things like this and so i agree with thomas like so thinking like this person i mean i mean if we think about ourselves and like what we're willing to do for for the church and and you know and for the good and um uh, for our faiths and, and all that or our families but like these people who don't have those kinds of values they have a same they have probably the same level of commitment or yeah a no, likened unto it, it but totally totally backwards yep. or totally cor- like corrupt in like uh its yep. foundation um what we were talking about before the podcast we we're talking about like just please define for me why it is reasonable to be a baby killer yeah give me a reasonable argument why yeah yes yes yep. let us let us sacrifice so- <laughs> I think, you know, and this is something that I and the 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 line that I'm seeing people take now. And Thomas, you mentioned this and I've seen it in a bunch of other places is the um, it's not they're not talking about the poor. They're not talking about women, uh, even uh, situations of um, rape and incest and all of those things that nope. used to be the common thing. It's what if your child has Down syndrome? What if you what if you have a child with a debilitating disease, um, uh, and so that's that's what they're saying. That's their argument. Yep. And I, it, it, it's it's and it's not even an argument about like why Roe is good law. Like, right. have you seen any of those arguments come out yet? Like, why Roe it was a good decision, right? No, it's, no, it's it's t- yeah. completely consequential, right? Yep. Like, what's the good argument that Roe is actually good binding law, based in the Constitution? 
It's not have, they don't they don't I've make seen, that argument because they yeah. can't. I've seen multiple liberals say that Roe was a poorly written opinion. Um, yeah. It was poorly argumented. It was it's it. See, what was half measures are deadly. And this is something that if you don't go, whether you're on the left or the right, what the court did is they set up in the end. This is what the founding fathers did to a slavery. They took half yep. measures yep. to try and appease the South. Yep. And that appeasement led to the Civil War because both sides were able to gain in strength, gain in power, gain in, um, rat, in rat, uh, well, I will say the South's radicalized um, adherence to slavery grew. Mm-hmm. And then it ended in a bloody bloodbath. If the, if the found now, there's a legitimate argument to be made that the union could not have been formed under any other circumstances. And that's a legitimate thing that one has to remember. But if, if the Roe court had defined human life at the time as not starting at conception, and they had taken that plunge as to saying, this is how we're going to understand human life at that time, then you wouldn't have this now, Mm -hmm. but they, but they soft peddled it. They were weak on it. Yep. And so you have 50 years worth of differing legal opinions because that main question has never been answered by a court. And that's the crux of why there is still a legal question as yep. to why abortion should be allowed or not, because no court feels like they have the authority to make that determination yep. or they haven't up to this point. And so, but so that, and then exactly the personhood question is the biggest issue that's at the heart of it because. Yeah. Like, it's not to say that a pregnancy isn't, you know, an incredibly important decision, you know, whether or not, you know, a woman is pregnant. Like, that's obviously like an incredibly important decision. The fact of the matter is, though, like, and you can say, well, this inconveniences the woman on multiple levels on a very serious level. It's like, yeah, those all might be true. Right. However, right. There are plenty of things that are small offenses to me that inconvenience me. Right. And I don't get to kill the person who inconveniences me. Right. Like, because there's like when you balance them in the scale, like which one's more important, this human life or my inconvenience because of this human person? It's like it's the the person's life. Right. Yeah. It's like, okay, fine. That's granted. So you then granted again that like a woman's pregnancy is going to be exponentially more, I guess, burdensome if you want to use those terms. Although I don't think every single woman wouldn't even say that, right? Because there's moments of joy, I'm sure, from you know having a kid. Um, but at the same time, it's like if it is a person, you have to define that because if that is the case, then there's no inconvenience or burden that can outweigh that human individual's like ability to live. And yeah. not defining that as kind of like that core central issue. Um, like you said, here's it's going to cause like so much, so many problems. It so. is. I mean, and I think you know, Saint Augustine I, didn't if, think the soul came in for four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if awesome. Roberts Court, if if Alito writes a, a majority opinion that the majority sign on to, and they don't define personhood either, yeah, then they, they continue, and this will continue. Now, what I, I think that what they're probably they probably won't. They probably will not define personhood, but they're going to leave it up to each individual state to do it. Yeah. Which, well, which I, that's the, that's the other thing. You have all this yeah. like crazy like these people like freaking out and all this sort of thing. Right. What does it do? Is it does it say like abortions are now 
it, like de facto illegal in the country. Right. No, it's going up to state legislation. Yes. So yeah. I mean, it, it's it's just it's wild how oh the system is working how the system works. Yeah. And we now we want to freak out as soon as it starts it starts going against our direction rather than yeah. saying hey let's do the march for life every single year and let's encourage right. people let's be motivated to be involved in politics let's be motivated yep. to be involved in all these kind of facets of government and try yep. to affect change versus oh this isn't like the thing that I want is not happening so let's burn it right. down and what I also can see what I um, the state of Utah. Uh, passed a law that says um, fathers, if they are not married, essentially, if a if a uh, if a man impregnates a wife and he is not uh, involved, like they're not married, the mother can claim child support through pregnancy, and there is like so laws like that where. The states are setting up a ton of support. They are making it way more punitive for men to like, you know, impregnate people and like not have any responsibility. Like that's where I would love to see more of the efforts of the pro-choice side going towards. Yeah. Like if you want to make laws that like, I don't want to quite say criminalize, but near criminalize, like knocking people up and then taking off. Go, like hundred percent. Like, like you won't hear me meme where it's like if a woman is going to have to deal with the kid for the rest of her life, the, the dad yeah. does do or something. It's like it's like your, your terms are acceptable. Your terms are acceptable. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. We, yeah, yeah we're, like this is a marriage. Congratulations. <laughs> right. So, like, uh, I would love it if these if that was the direction they're going. But like what you're saying, like like it's instead of this knee jerk. We're going to burn the whole system to the ground. And like, there, it, this is all based on uh, social constructs and power dynamics that need to be burned to the ground. And this is like all these, all these institutions need to be burned down. Instead of saying all of that, which is all destructive and not constructive, say, okay, A, do something about it in your state. B, why don't you help these women? And why don't we, yeah, work towards a better society? It's so. Uh, like you have such a um, uh, wh what's the word when you don't have hope for the future? Um, it's like a nihilistic, pessimistic view of the future. If your reaction to a problem is, oh, we just need to, we need to have the ability to kill the next generation. No matter, like that is such a pessimistic view of the world. And instead of being like, let's work to solve these societal issues that make it difficult for women to have children. Uh, it's well, yeah, I let's put our efforts into just making it so they don't have them at all. Or, you know, I, I know I'm sure I'm being a little polemical and somebody who is on the pro-choice side would be like, well, that's not actually what I say, but like, mm -hmm. yeah. So wait, well, what, yeah. What are, what are some arguments here then? So like, for example, like we're talking about um, scenarios where, you know, people are going to be saying, well, well, what if the child is dying already? And I, you know, and like, or they're going to have birth, birth defects, or we're talking about, you know, the cases of incest or rape, or you're talking about, um, you know, financial need or burden, or, you know, uh, or the, the mother's life is in danger, um, not, you know, by, you know, by whatever. So like you, they're, they're going to provide all of these 
not niche examples, but all these, the, you know, yeah. when you put them all together, they're not, are it's they, not niche. It's, you know, but are, are um, those even but, like the majority of abortions? Like that, that's to me, that always seems to be a little bit tricky where it's like, you're giving all these niche examples and like, as far as I know, that doesn't always come across as the reason why there's an abortion. Like, yeah. Those are the most, you know, sympathetic views. And it's like, okay, so how often is that? I don't know, but oh, I, I, feel don't think, like, I don't think there's a way to get that metric. Yeah. No. So, I mean, which is speculation. So I don't think it's fair to like claim like, well, there's like the, it's a super majority of abortion. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we could say probably, but, mm-hmm. yeah. um, um, or super minority, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like a lot of, a lot of these arguments, you know, they're, they're, they're coming out of a place of fear, yes. um, for having to suffer the consequences of other people's actions or your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, that's a weird, that's a weird country to live in, which where we've been living now for how many years where yep. you have the access to not have to suffer the consequences of your actions. And, I mean, like, or, or rather, rather believe you, you don't have to suffer the consequences yep. of your actions. I mean, you still do. I mean, obviously we're talking like morally and, you know, spirit, like spiritually yep. there's that, but in addition, I mean, I'm, I'm, there's you know a lot of women, uh, um, you know, a lot of women tend to not, love the fact that they just you know butchered the child inside oh, yeah. of them and so you know it, it's it's a really it's a very very complex issue where we're dealing with like a lot of human emotion and there's not a lot of reason but now we're talking about things being ratified in law yeah <laughs> so it's like yeah you're absolutely right and i love what you said about having a culture of people who don't want to take responsibility for their actions we saw i mean we're watching this with the student loan thing I mean, people who took out a loan and now feel like they are not responsible for that debt and that the government should just wipe it clean. And that goes on to the taxpayer because that's that, you know, the money is still going to be paid. The university still needs to get paid. Mm -hmm. The the university still got paid. And so this is it's this idea that I can have every I can have my I can make my cake and eat it, too, or or have my cake and eat it, too. You know, like that's. Mm -hmm. That whole thing. It's like, well, I can go to go to an expensive liberal arts school, get a degree in theater, and then not have to pay back the loan. Like, well, it's like, well, maybe don't take out the loan or be, you know, you find a way to pay it back. I mean, it's or I mean, not that like not that and, and I I have a lot of sympathy for people who are going through tough times. I know sometimes like I, I do, and I, I don't wish ill on anybody. But if we're to think that because the, this country is so rich that we can just eliminate debts, you know, and, and it's a wasteful country. That's what it is. It's, it's all about waste. And Pope Francis talks about this. And I think this is one of his biggest beefs with the United States. So we have a culture of waste and it's wasting money, wasting life, wasting resources because we have an abundance of it. And I think that... Wasting incense that we yeah, said, <laughs> um, but that's what. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I think you're, you're spot on, Mike. You're, you're absolutely spot on. I mean, we don't need to continue on this road too much, further, but I do just want to throw in my like sort of like quasi Marxist critique of the whole student loan thing. I don't know how you can in any way, shape or form call yourself class conscious by then saying the working class who isn't going to benefit from this needs to help yeah. prop up a managerial class and their debts. Yeah. 
I don't understand how you can in any way, shape or form claim any sort of Marxist analysis and then be like, okay, the people who aren't part of the working class and are kind of like in this middle petty bourgeoisie, let's use the money from the proletariat to pay for the PMC professional managerial class. Let's do that. By the way, workers of the world unite like bullshit, dude. You got to be shitting me like, yeah, right. (laughs) You don't give a shit. (laughs) Well, actually, uh, just to kind of maybe wrap wrap up this this topic. But when looking at these things, the probably the best thing to do is look at our spiritual fathers and our shepherds. And I think probably one of the most I mean, everyone knows him. He's so out there. Everyone's so familiar with this. This just fantastic Jesuit. What Thomas? Do you know what Father oh, Martin, no. Father James Martin, said about any of this? Uh, he's probably well, a, he's probably so excited. That yeah, he's, the, he's very pro life. He's, he's very pro life. Yeah, he was he's, very upset with Neil Gorsuch for not wearing a mask in the uh, <coughs> Scotus. Right? Remember he talked about? Oh, is Neil Gorsuch really pro life because he won't wear a mask? Like, dude. You know, if wow, Sotomayor, so he's, he's up there then. If what Sotomayor is if Sotomayor is really in danger from Neil Gorsuch not wearing a mask, like can't we get her like a military grade gas mask or something? Like, I'm sure we can. I'm sure there's <laughs> got to be some. Soup. There's got to be some spare ones laying around. We don't spend billions of dollars on the military for nothing. That a Supreme Court justice can't get a hazmat suit when she needs one, right? Because her so, other friend won't wear like a little plastic thing. But yeah, no, he said zero. He retweeted something from America, and he has nothing to say about this. Like yeah. zero. <laughs> I was like, come on. You, this is this is such a front when, when yeah. this is just like when people say things like, well, there are other pro-life issues. It's like, OK, uh, maybe. And even there, I'm a little bit skeptical of using the term pro-life, which is a slogan and not necessarily a descriptive mm-hmm. term for mm-hmm. these other issues. Um, yep. But even like, let's just take the, the stance on that for a second, like at face value. So if you're going to use that argument, you then have to follow through with the main pro-life issue with which by yes. body count is exponentially higher than anything else. You're using it to like be like, well, what about ism? Right. You yeah. gotta be kidding me. <laughs> so, yeah, nothing to say. No, no prayer. Ask people to pray fast. Nothing. Radio science. He retweeted. That's it. He's talking about he was talking like about Ukraine. It's like, OK, dude, great. We we all know yeah. you. We all know about Ukraine, and we're all praying for Ukraine and Dolan's over there. And I hope yeah, okay. that's kind of cool. That's like good, cool. All right. Also, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> there's a something else going on here, man. You wanna wanna weigh in on this? But do you know how many memes I received of the <laughs> days without Jesuit tricks, like <laughs> the Simpsons thing that people put there or whatever? And it's like the scorecard, and he's like putting it back down to zero. <laughs> Yeah. So many. <laughs> um, this how is, go ahead. No, oh, go ahead, Thomas. No, no, no. Thomas. I was going to go off on a different thing. I want to hear what you say. Oh, just the, uh, the, how, like, I, I had a, a non Catholic person sit down with me once and they were very liberal and they're trying to be like, oh, Peter, you know what? Um, why are you more like a Jesuit Catholic? He asked me that once and I was just like, man, the Jesuits are just, they drive, I was, and I explained to him kind of, the history of the Jesuits, well, their philosophy and what kind of what happened to them. But I was like, and this is like this bourgeois cocktail party Catholicism that m- makes a lot of what we're seeing in the American Jesuit order is not what it used to be. Yeah. And I know we've talked about it a few times on this podcast, but I, I just want to point out that that order was the one that like would go to Canada and get their fingers not off and still want to say the mass and baptize people. Like the Jesuits used to be the creme de la creme of like missionary. Jesuits help convert the world. Yeah. yeah. 
like the, the fact that there are any Christians in the world, like in like the larger world are because of the Jesuits. And it's really unfortunate that they play these like games and especially in the U S I don't know. I mean, do you guys know if it's this bad in like other parts of the world? If like other Apparently like Jesuit I've provinces are just bad. If you're a good Jesuit by which I, I don't mean that sarcastically. Yeah. Um, in the U S you end up getting sent to Rome. They kind of hide you away from everyone and they send you uh, to the Zoo. Now to be fair, I wouldn't mind having a hangout at the Jesu, right? Like no. that's a beautiful church, right? Yeah. Beautiful church, church. A great part of yeah. Rome. Like, that's hey, probably oh, yeah, please, please exile me. Please, exile <laughs> please me exile me to Rome. come back. Like, <laughs> like that would be great. <laughs> Wonderful. It'd be heaven. <laughs> exile. So, the, paradise next. so they're, they do exist, but they're, they're not teaching apparently, in our Jesuit university. That's the, apparently that's the, that's the, what I've heard. I, okay. True that is. I don't know. Right. You're right next to like, what is it? Well, um, what's that Irish bar? It's right near Jesu. Right near the Jesu. Um, yeah, Abbey theater. Abbey theater. No, it wasn't Abbey theater. Scholars, scholars, wow. yeah, that was way too expensive. It was like eight euro for a, a Guinness. That's just like I'm never going. Here. Oh my gosh! There's all the college students that go there. It's awful. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> I was watching cricket. Ugh. Cricket was cool, but the, yeah, the, was that, that was that was a, that's a terrible bar. Never going back there I, again. I have a I have a cricket bat in my uh, closet. Oh, nice. Named it Becky. It's, uh, <laughs> Very just good. In case, you know, why did you name it Becky? Why? No, why? Oh, well, I have a sister named Becky, and I thought, you know, I was trying to think of something intimidating. And she's intimidating like a cricket bat. <laughs> <laughs> Man, baseball, that's, what's more intimidating? Well, isn't a baseball I, 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 have, I, have, I have admittedly said on enough occasions or offered on enough occasions if anyone ever needed anything that like, hey, like, I'm you know, local Italian. Like, I'm happy yeah. to help out, you know, like, you know, something that's giving you trouble. Like I'll pray for you with a bat, um, and uh, and and so I just I said it enough times, and I was like, man, I don't actually have a bat. And then <laughs> one was delivered to me. Oh, very. Why good. was it a cricket bat though? Is this like to diversify no the stereotype? It, 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 I I'm not joking. It showed up at my house randomly. Whoa! Seriously? Not even kidding. It was it was sent here. Gotta somebody somebody sent their mail to our house. Uh-huh. And I, uh, th- I, I think they ordered it, and I'm, but I'm not sure because when it came in, it wasn't to anybody. So it was just a, a random bat that showed up at our house, and so we were like <laughs> giving this guy his mail back, and he was like, "That's not, I don't, it's not mine. <laughs> I just have a cricket bat." Have you looked God. it up? Is it like a really nice cricket bat? Watch, it's like some three thousand. Pretty nice. It's, it's probably some three thousand dollar cricket bat or something like <laughs> a professional hand carved. <laughs> um. It's got some world famous cricket players' signature. Yeah, it's got some, it's got some plays uh, in India relics, you know, embedded in it. <laughs> Irish saints. Uh, um, where were we? Uh, well, Thomas, you were going to go to the finals. <laughs> we were talking about cricket bats. So this yeah. is just, a, uh, just kind of a random. This is just an aside that kind of gets to me a little bit. Like even the people who are generally like they're good about the pro life issue. They will sometimes bring up these other pro-life issues. And it kind of like it, it does annoy me at times because it's like, could we just have a moment of silence for this issue? Like, could we could we really just have a moment of silence for this issue? Like you, you guys always say this and then it's like, you, well, let, let me also tack on other things. It's like, I, yeah. I don't know, just like if you believe it's murder and you look at the body count, like there's not really anything else to compare it to. Right. Like yeah. if you go over the idea that every abortion is a murder and I mean, it's kind of a big number, right? Like is yeah. it 30 percent? Is like around 30% of all pregnancies in New York, uh, New Jersey, and California ended in abortion. 
Like that's all. That is a whole lot. That's a lot of death. Again, if you believe that, which you know, Catholics who try to pull this side do. Um, but so it's always compared to refugees, uh, the homeless, and death things penalty. like that. Say what? Death penalty is typically- death penalty, and even the frustrating thing for me about the death penalty is when they talk even about the, the death penalty, they don't even talk about it correctly. Like right. they talk about it in the sense that it is immoral in the same way abortion is immoral. Right. It's like wrong. Abortion is immoral because it's an intrinsic evil action of destruction of innocent human life. Uh, The death penalty is not intrinsically immoral. It's inadmissible, which, you know, we could go down a rabbit hole and like, why the frick Pope Francis picked out that term. Um, But granted, it's immoral for prudential reasons, not for intrinsic action reasons. It's also not immoral. So, so yeah, well, it's immoral, like in a practical sense and in a concept, like in a contextual well, it's not, sense, it's not immoral. I, I, I would use a different word. OK, it's it, wrong. It's it's not to be done. Not to be done, maybe. So, and, uh, so this is it is. Yeah. Can we actually really define pro-life issues? Because there's this idea that there is this wide swath of issues that are, quote unquote, pro-life. And part of me wonders, like, is that even like a good parameter through which to see these different issues as quote unquote pro-life no i i mean i i I absolutely think that the whole idea of like the pro-life movement and pro like when we talk about being pro-life it should be completely pigeonholed to abortion and like defending the right for children to be born and then in addition to that the taking care of said child and mother post yeah like that, that should be the whole movement. Like when we talk about pro-life, it shouldn't have, it should have nothing to do with the border. It should have nothing to do with the death penalty. It should have nothing to do with, you know, euthanasia or anything like that. When we're talking about pro-life, I think like, like the way marketing ought to work, the, the brand ought to explicitly be targeted at abortion yeah. and baby killing. You know, I, uh, I, I think it is at the core of so many, so many evils in our country. And what I, I, I agree with you that when the larger, you know, uh, big tent pro-life movement is going to define what it does, I think you're absolutely right. When we're talking about individual policies, a lot of the things like taking care of women post-birth and making sure that they have a stable environment to raise children. Yeah. There was a great TED talk by an attorney in Texas, and he, he, he specialized in defending um, capital crimes in Texas. He would defend death row inmates. Um, and he said, I'm not going to get up here and try and convince you all that we need to get rid of the death penalty. He said, I know I'm in Texas and that's just, you know, non-starter. But I can tell you, based on these studies, what leads men and women to the death row most often? Hmm. He said it almost without fail, it's a broken home. Almost all these people come from broken homes and having abusive parents. And, you know, it always starts in at childhood, almost without fail. These people come from broken homes. And so he said, if we can try and save these people, catch them when they're in school and give them an opportunity to get out of these bad situations and give them a chance, you're going to have way fewer people on death row. And so if we're going to have a pro-life mindset where we say we're going to support the mother through pregnancy and then post-pregnancy and have a community around her so she can raise her kid in a healthy environment, that kid has got a much better chance of not ending up in prison because that they're all the different pro-life initiatives that were going on 
around that. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think we need to stop like getting bogged down in. Should there be a cap? Like, I think as Catholics, we need to focus on like, we just need to take care of people and then let the chips lie where they will. Like mm-hmm. we need it. Like, obviously we need to support legislation that um, promotes human dignity and, and life. Mm-hmm. But if we're like arguing amongst ourselves, like, well, we need to focus on the death penalty. It's like, no, we need to focus on what's going to happen. What, what is going to cause human flourishing and human dignity the most. And then hopefully like, hopefully we get to a point in our country where there's so few capital crimes being committed that we don't really need the death penalty. Yeah. Like maybe yeah, it just yeah. becomes a relic of the past mm-hmm. because we don't have people killing each other all the time. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, our society is flourishing, but at this point we need to get to that point. We need to get to the point where we don't have such a violent society. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, definitely push back on me if I'm going off the rails. No, I, I see. I see what I, I what I see from you. What you're saying, Peter, is different than the way I see other people when they talk about a wide like tranche of pro-life issues, quote unquote. Yeah, um, because theirs has this equality uh, between all of them, which right. I don't necessarily think a from like like a dogmatic, not dogmatic um, from like a moral standpoint isn't true because there are obviously some like it's, is it worse to kill an innocent person or a guilty person? And I also will say, Thomas, I wanted to add to that point. Um, Mm -hmm. Matt Frad had father Murray on his podcast and they were talking a little bit about this. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, if capital punishment is an inherently evil act, then God has committed it multiple times and has instructed multiple people to commit the like inherently evil acts throughout the Bible. And so, and that's a pretty, Tenuous place to stand if you're going to call yourself a Catholic. Awkward. Yeah. Also, what, not, was to, that? Not, to, not to. Not to. No, go ahead. No, 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 finish, finish, finish your point. Mike. Well, not to like harp on the death penalty and stuff like that, but but also this is this is this is a question of justice and yeah. punishment versus yep. versus murder versus yep. baby killing. Um. So it's this yep. is the difference between this is the difference between butchering an innocent child, not just a human yep. human, but an innocent like baby. Um, versus somebody who committed a crime and was sentenced to as punishment for that crime. Yep. So we're talking about very, very different things. And yeah, um, yeah. and yeah, maybe obviously I don't want to get you know. I'm, I'm sure yeah. I would. I disagree with. Me. I definitely. I think I did. I think I'll definitely. I don't know. If, I don't know what we where we fall on on this issue. No, I. Oh, so curious, what, but, what we're about though, real quick, is that another time. Peter, when you describe it as they're coming from broken families, what you're doing is you're presenting a hierarchy kind of of needs. In yeah. some ways that it starts with having a good family, then you'll have less abortions, right? Having a good solid family structure. Um, then you're going to go on and go, okay, cool. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the first step. And that that in and of itself is the primary, like going to be the locus from which all other like social reforms come from that. If yep. you have that set up, right. A good solid, like family, man, woman, there, yep. bang, ready. Well, I mean, no pun intended. Um, child, and sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, um, but you get my saying, right? Your, yeah, my point. Not my saying. That, my saying was bad. Yeah, um, but my point is like you're you're at least putting it within a hierarchy of like all other things deriving from the family, and that you know you don't want you want home, less homelessness. Yep. It's gonna go from having a family, right? Yeah. Um, which does bug me though, where it's like, well, conservatives are bad on homelessness. It's like, have you seen L.A. 
like it's not yeah. like liberal policies are actually work like i don't know dude oh. like what we're, we're, we're like san francisco is just like a paradise for a whole, i mean maybe it is a little bit but you get my point it's not like like it's not like all of a sudden like the nice liberal cities it's a paradise of dignity for the homeless right that's not to that's not to say that you know obviously i'm sure the republicans have had shitty you know oh yeah ideas oh, about homelessness as well but it's not like you, you go to LA you want to know what salt lake city perfect. used to do right you want to know what salt lake city used to do salt lake city and i think other cities would do this too they would g- give out free bus tickets to homeless people to send them to other cities really oh yeah wow that's crazy. yeah yeah no th- this is when you t- yeah conservative cities it, and i also say this about salt lake i don't want to rag too much about it but so just if people think that like the Catholic church doesn't focus enough on like, you know, spend enough money on the poor. I, there, there was a very good um, thing in my life when I recognized that the Catholic church does a pretty good job. You can just look at the books, how much money we people donate and spend to help people. But in Salt Lake city, you go down to the, um, to the Mormon temple area and it's pristine and you see no homeless people. They keep it very clean. And you go a couple of blocks north, or it's actually a couple of blocks east. You go up to the cathedral. The homeless people are sleeping on the steps. They're sleeping in the pews in between masses, and they're give and they're giving out uh, bags of lunches to people, like all the time. And it's a beautiful cathedral. It's old, and they've maintained its beauty. But they are also a hospital for the broken. And I think if like this argument, like oh, we don't focus enough. No, the Catholic Church is doing that pretty darn well. The Catholic Church does it really well taking care of the homeless. It's, it's a massive problem that they can't do on their own, and they're hamstrung a lot of the times. But the Catholic Church is working on that, and they always have been. The abortion issue can be separated from that, and it doesn't have to be like, well, we're not doing enough to feed the poor. No, like maybe you're not doing enough to feed the poor, but I can tell you a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. The Catholic Church at large, writ large, is doing a lot to feed the poor and house the poor. And so that's kind of where I wanted. Sorry, I no, did I hijack what your point was, Thomas? No, but then we no, like no. parse it. We parse it all out, and like we look at one thing, and one's the you know the the execution of children of innocent yeah. children. One's the you know uh, the you know talking about legal punishment of crimes. You know, and then the other one is you know a situation where um, you know we're either talking about just private private aid to to people or you know government aid to people and kind of talking about living conditions and quality of life now regarding the homeless thing i mean god has said like he did say like they like they will always be the poor like the poor like they will never leave you um so like it's just this utopian idea that like if we destroy the family enough and make them independent enough and you can do whatever you want you, you know, like if, you know, this utopian idea that way we can and will be able to eradicate, eradicate poverty, we will be able to eradicate the disparity, disparity between the dignity or the, the uh, roles of man and woman, you know, we'll be able to do these things and we'll get to that utopia and then we'll be all right. But now we have like a California that looks the way or Californian cities that look the way they do. We have, you know, you know, we have, you know, child murder all, you know, throughout our country and the world just rampant and awful um you know and you know we have uh well at least you know the death penalties not used in a lot of states <laughs> right great what, what did that save like 10 lives 20 taxpayer no. dollars yeah <laughs> oh yeah uh yeah no, no i just i don't i just don't like this conflagration if that's the right word 
of just all the issues kind of in one thing. It's like, oh, they're all, I mean, maybe if you want to put them all as family issues or stemming from the issue of the family, then I can get right. behind that a little bit more and kind of understand it as more of a family issue than necessarily a pro-life issue. But I don't know, I've always kind of, that's always kind of bothered me that you, you put it in those um, specific terms because it kind of, I think it ends up for a lot of one of the people on kind of like the Jesuitical side, it like it gives them, it gives them this like out to not actually take the abortion issue seriously. Right. right. And not to actually look at the full implications of what their position means. Right. Yeah. Like they're equivocating between, um, moral issues that there's not really that much room to equivocate about. Yep. So that's always bothered the, me. the equivocation. I, I, you got to think that a lot of these guys want to maintain invitations to liberal cocktail parties and liberal circles. So they've got to yep. be like, well, yeah, I'm pro-life, but I care more about this than that. And, you know, I'm, but I, I do kind of want to know, I mean, maybe we could do this on another podcast. Do we want to hash out death penalty for just a couple of minutes before we move on to something more pop culture? Um, what would, what do you mean? Hash? What would we hash out? Well, Michael exactly. seems, I, I don't know. Like Michael said, I don't know if we all have exactly the same opinion on its implementation. So I was wondering if uh, you wanted to see My, if we do. What do you, I don't know. I'm not an expert on this. I just am kind of like, yeah, it's inadmissible. Yeah. What do you think, Mike? You- I mean, unlike my political leanings, I think we should be extremely liberal with its application. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I think, I mean, what do you I, do with the inadmissible part? Inadmissible, though? inadmissible essentially means nothing. Um, it That's is one way to look at it. <laughs> it means nothing. There's no definition to it. It's not given in any particular uh, context. Uh, we are we are a historical religion, and popes for for centuries and centuries and centuries have either used or supported its use. It is uh, if you're talking about you know like a put you know a political philosophy. It is a um, you know it is an overflow of or yeah it is an extension of a, a state's a government's right to uh, authority to um, participate in war. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, for it to punish its, its, uh, its, uh, inhabitants, the inhabitants of its country, you know, of its country mm-hmm. or nation or, you know, city, whatever, um, and, uh, of its peoples. And, do you, kill, uh, do you think war, just war can be conducted against people who are imprisoned? Is that a part of warfare? <laughs> no, I mean, it might be warfare. Principles that allow a country to be able to participate morally in war. Not that it happens often, but that it like you can participate in a war morally. Sure. Uh, well, I, I guess what I'm questioning is what principle is the same. What 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 no, about no, no, those no, two no, things a make government, it come- a government's a government's right a government to defend right. to uh, defend yeah, its yeah. populace? Okay. Yes. Yeah, the government's yeah. authority to participate in war justly yep. is the same authority that allows it to execute criminals. Now, talking about executing criminal criminals in the practical, I don't know about you guys. But when I was a student and we had papers or we had tests, man, was it good to have a deadline because if I didn't have a deadline, I would never get anything done. And so I think the focus should be on evangelizing these people and converting these people. And our focus as Catholics should be trying to affect these people in this situation. But there are there is nothing better than an actual deadline to get your stuff together uh, and figure your stuff out because, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. That's what got me to and like, you know, even so, even to the last moment. I mean, like pull, pulling all nighters or whatever, getting mm-hmm. ready for whatever. Um, I think it's a great 100%. opportunity for uh, one to arrange their focus 
So are you arguing that Christendom should have some sort of like squid game uh, to raise <laughs> no. the GPA? No. No. Is, that, is, that, is, that, is that the way we're, you're, you're, you're arguing here, Mike? <laughs> no, I think that's, that's, that's a scarecrow. And I think that's... Uh, that's uh... Um, so I, I'm not going to argue that, um, that its implementation is inherently immoral or in, inadmissible. Uh, I, I will not take that position. My only position that I'm a little uh, weary on is I don't know if I trust the United States government or the 50 states to justly implement that authority. That's, and that's, that's, that is, if we're living in a, in a society that I feel like, yep, 98, 99% of the time they get it right. And there's never like, scapegoats or weird stuff happening where people are getting put to death who are later exonerated. Um, then I could be like, okay, yeah, like, yes, we're doing this for the right reasons. I don't trust this government or the 50 governments in this country to do that. Well, but you trust the government, same government to remove someone's freedom. Not, not really, will, no, obviously. not really. Peter becomes an anar- anarcho capitalist uh, in front of our eyes, like you know, free associations, man. <laughs> like, it's like systems of help for for, for 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 that same government to then imprison people for the, the entirety of their life. For the oh, rest no. Of their life. oh, no, oh, no, I mean, all the, all the crooked, awful stuff that happens in that system. Oh, no, I mean, I, I think that there has to be some sort of reform. I mean, it's I I don't trust them. The, the, I'm I, I struggle with this. That is Caesar's. Our government is our government is g- given authority by God by by the fact that it is like the the, the ruling power in our country. And I'm not saying it it it, it yeah. wields that. I mean, it's of God and it's wielding this just merciful hand or whatever. But it has like the authority it has. It has from God, and as 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 a just authority. Um, as long as we can still claim that, I mean, if, if if that's the case, if we're prepared to say it's not just authority, then let's start rioting ourselves. Let's start freaking well, out. Seriously, I let's mean, go. I, let's go. Are you strapped? Let's go. Yeah. Do something that, about. It. I know, I know, I, and I struggle with this. I do. I believe me, I do because no. this is something that what's so hard about this government. I'm going to get. I'm going to end up getting a call from the FBI. Is that going to be a business person being like, Peter, do you have a podcast? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, do you do a podcast? Yeah, we, can, we, can back, we can back off from this conversation if you want. I have, I have something that could lighten the mood a little bit. Um, do we, or do well, we, I'll finish what I'm saying. On. I'm just going to yeah, say, yeah, like, I'm going to finish my point and then we can move on to something lighter. But I think that you, you are correct to say like the question is whether or not it's a just government. And what's hard about that is that our government is fluid. It is always changing. And there are periods of time where it is just, and there are periods of times where it's severely unjust. And so the answer isn't a French model where you burn the whole thing to the ground every time you don't like what the guy's doing. But right. Like, but if we want, but I think I have enough trust in our system that I think the electoral system of change still works. I think that change through a peaceful process still works, but I don't know, like, I guess my, what, what gives me pause about this issue is the men and women who have been executed unjustly 
the government executed something in an unjust manner. And I don't think that the authority came from God to do that. And I, and that's where I think that it gets really, and there's no recompense. There's no justice for somebody who is executed and the government is like, well, sorry, that happened, but they're not, I mean, obviously divine, you know, they, they'll, they'll go to the divine, they'll go to their maker and everything will, you know, be settled, but the government's not going to pay the family, like any kind of like, you know, restitution. And at least if somebody's in prison and is later like um, found to be innocent, the the state can be held liable for falsely imprisoning them and they have to pay them restitution. So it's, there's a, death is so final as far as temporal justice goes that it is a, it's a huge responsibility. And I am not convinced that every state uses it justly. Um, and that's just, I think I'll end my, uh, rant about Michael, that. Do you have a rebuttal or no? No, should, should we move on. Um, so there are, there are lighter things to discuss. There. Yes, sir. So uh, it was uh, something, I, <laughs> something I saw on Twitter. Um, I've really, I've really enjoyed my time on Twitter. It's been intellectually enlightening. Um, like this one person who I don't know what their credentials are. Um, they're not. I'm not going to look at. I'm not going to tell you what. The, uh, the Art, Archbishop. James Martin. No, no, no. This is something. This is something completely. It like does not jinx it here, Michael. <laughs> like, no, this is going to be completely different. I'm throwing a curveball to you guys. Someone tweets who I don't really follow, but I just saw this because it made me laugh. Does anyone know of any art slash media that depicts that depicts Jesus as fat or at least not super thin slash buff? <laughs> The pressing issues of the day. Why are there no depictions of obese Jesus? <laughs> well, like, and there's a couple of ways you can go with this, right? Because people will complain about things of like, well, you know, you there's too many like evangelicals who present Jesus as white, and uh, he he wasn't. He was a uh, you know a Middle Eastern Mediterranean uh, person, uh, so obviously he wouldn't look white. It's like, okay, let's just use that for a second and just toss out the idea of. Um, kind of to each his own in the image of Jesus. But let's go with the historical thing. Do you know what the biggest issue like in the pre-modern world is? It's getting enough damn calories to survive. Yeah. That's there's not many fat people in the pre-modern world. Why? Not because everyone there is fat phobic, because they literally can't get enough calories. Like that's part of the reason, my dude. <laughs> right, right there. Barley and fish going... don't exactly lead yeah. to. It's yeah. like you're, you're kind of, you're kind of like, you're not bulking here, okay? You're not doing an ugly bulk, yeah. and then you're gonna shred for summer. Like that's not how this is working, dude. Like you yeah. have a calorie deficit, like more often than you might suspect in the pre-modern world. So no, and they're all, phys- and specifically a carpenter. It's not like they're like sitting at their desk modding a Discord room. They're like, (laughs) (laughs) probably are (laughs) like running an HOA. (laughs) Running an HOA. No, he's like physically building things and also like hanging out with fishermen who are like the story of Peter. I love the story of like when uh, Peter pulls all the fish onto the beach by himself. Mm -hmm. Like, that must have been really heavy. Peter was probably jacked. Like, <laughs> Peter was, they call me the rock. That's why they called him the rock. Like, Jesus wasn't like, that's probably why they chose him. He's like, no, you're just like the bulkiest guy here. You're going to be the leader. Like, <laughs> to be fair, in the chosen, like, the actor for Peter, he's got some guns. I'm not going to say. Yeah. No, I, I, I let, yeah. 
So yeah, I'm not gonna lie there, but no, so, just that, that made me laugh. Where it was like, okay, dude, like if we're gonna now, here's the flip side to it. Um, let's take oh, like say what? <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> well, let, let us let us actually you know move away because you know your depiction of Jesus isn't probably technically correct, right? Sure. Like if it's an early modern or modern depiction of Jesus, he's you know it's like a very there's a very stereotypical. Uh, depiction of Jesus, right? Where he's kind of like this white dude with a beard and kind of like long hair that goes to about his shoulders, right? That's kind of how the depiction goes, right? Or if you see like image of Japanese Jesus, right? It's going to look different, right? It's like, that's just, they're going to be their conception of it. So that does ask the question then, okay, so first of all, A, this is the same kind of person who would complain about um, like, quote unquote, making Jesus look white, where it's like, guys, like we can make Jesus look what we need him to look like to, to get the humanity side thing across to us as we see ourselves in him right so it's like not going to be like you know like i'm not gonna be like, wow i can't believe they have hispanic jesus like yeah duh, of course they have hispanic jesus um but be that all as it may then is there room for having a picture of jesus kind of obese because i'm not any- or fat or can be fat although is this but that would actually be an american jesus because there's not very many like obese europeans either we have a very specific american-centric depiction of jesus now. okay i that oh dang it i was about to dang it that's what? a really good, that's a really good retort to what i was about to say what were you gonna say i was gonna say well all these depictions of jesus have to do with like a culture and a people right and saying, you know, some, I'm thinking of something that could be blasphemous, but like, <laughs> like that. But the, wow, the, the, that's well, the actually, question is ridiculous. That's really right? messed up. The question so, is ridiculous to begin with. So, really- isn't it also? I, I got to ask. Like, uh, evangelical Jesus aside, isn't most depictions of Jesus the um, the resurrected Christ? I mean, I, typically. Yeah. I mean, I maybe not. I don't know. I, I'm, that might be actually incorrect. No. I'm actually wrong on that. Um, so, Thomas, to answer your question, because um, I don't want to give too much credit, but it is if you take some different priors, you're like, oh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, do you? Is there room for an overweight or obese, obese image of Christ? I would say, if the artist went that route, what are they trying to convey? Hmm. Are they attempting to? blaspheme or diminish christ's divinity in any way well let's say let's say they're not let's say they're like legitimately a good it's a good faith depiction right like not like some sort of like look at me being subversive (laughs) right great whatever cool but like an actual good faith like this is an image that i want like overweight people to find solace in i guess i don't know I mean, I could see that. I mean, certainly, like, I mean, I wouldn't have, like, it wouldn't be the most, like, it wouldn't be the worst thing, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. because I've seen some depictions of Christ as a homeless person, like, as like a modern homeless person. Mm-hmm. And I think that those are actually pretty striking. Mm-hmm. And so if you were to kind of take that same mentality, trying to show Christ in everyone, even the person who is struggling with their weight or, you know, or, has health problems, then I think that there's room for that. That's I think, but mm-hmm. Mike, do you have anything to, uh, I'm just having all sorts of really unflattering phantasms of like Christ crucified with 
uh, tummy and things like it just all sorts no. of terrible oh, no. images are going through my head but i love peter i'm so actually really grateful that you like you you have pulled me out of it because you're talking about yeah. like the pictures of like crisis as like home as homeless and things like that which is the idea that like crisis is like i mean to like every yeah. person we like well, we will see him in all man like like yep. to, you know, to this man on the street like like that's christ like how you treated yep. the least of me you treated me Yep. Um, and so like, could you, could I imagine some sort of like piece of art with like, you know, somebody, but that's like, that's the thing is like the, the homeless person, it, it, it shows a struggle and it shows yep. us as the everyman and our relationship to that person and, and like suffering a struggle, like suffering. Yeah. Right. So are, are the people portraying this art and portraying this imagery of Christ? Are they saying that obesity is a struggle or are they saying right. it to condone that? Um behavior of yep. of right or whatever so That's are they trying point. to are they trying to make acceptable uh a particular lifestyle or are they saying that this lifestyle is challenging and is very difficult and hard yeah. uh, and they're trying to show you know the humanity or like you know like hey and every person is christ so like yeah I, I think what you thought of peter was awesome point about it but now my question is is what's the angle Right. Yeah. But I mean, to be fair, this person who, who posted this in no way, shape or form has given such a good faith, like attempt. It's, it's mostly across the, the inclusion band of, of which thing. So this is kind of a ridiculous question. Um, and I think we just made like not light of it, but just kind of made some hay with it because <laughs> it is like, yeah. oh, well, let's, we are going to like if you take like all of your priors and throw them out the window and then move in our priors and then ask the question again, maybe, but not with your priors. Like you just go back <laughs> yeah. to being whatever right. dumb thing you happen to be, depending on whatever mood you're in. Yep. You know, like, whatever, man. But- what? Thomas, what do you think about the use of uh, along the same topic? Uh, the use of uh, no. the animating style of anime to depict Our Lady and Christ. Oh, there's that picture of Our Lady of Perpetual of what is it? Perpetual yes. health. I, I think we're thinking. I think we might be. Thinking yeah, I think we're thinking the same picture. I, I guess it works. Like I don't know. Not I don't want to weeb here, but it kind of like it kind of works. Try to get you to. So <laughs> kind of works. Can I? Um, can I show you guys really quick something? There's this awesome, awesome artist, and I'm I'm going to share my screen really quick here in just a second. Um, Deacon uh, Clark likes that picture a lot. That particular pic, anime picture. Which we got to have him on soon to talk about. Oh, becoming a deacon. Can you allow me to share my screen? Sure. Yeah, let me. I will permit it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I just made it. Thank you. Thank you. So this is not an image of Our Lady, but St. Michael the Archangel done by a modern Japanese artist. And I think it's pretty badass. That is actually pretty cool. I. That's pretty cool. It's not anime style. It's kind of an older Japanese artwork. Traditional Japanese artwork, yeah. But like his like samurai sword holding over like kind of a traditional Japanese dragon. I was like, oh man, like it, it's St. Michael as a samurai. And I think it's awesome. So one thing is I, I have no problem with it as, as like the, the use of culture and, and the faith yeah. is like universal. So yeah. I think it's awesome in that regard. The second thing is if I'm not mistaken, I mean, I might be very ignorant and I'm, I'm, I would love to be corrected on it, um, which people should yeah. do when they like and subscribe and comment under, underneath their, uh, um, you know, different podcasts. Anyways, um, 
the one I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I think the dragon in in Japanese culture is actually like a revered thing, not an evil. Thing. Yeah. Well, I think you're right. And but, right. but revered revered as a pagan good. Yeah. Like a good oh, interesting. Pagan thing. Yeah. And so the use of that imagery as a, for a, like, like using ca- uh, a Japanese art style um, yeah. and themes, but then also using the, the ja- like Japanese like understanding that the dragon is actually mm. that's pretty subversive. Yeah. Like that's pretty, like pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty. Like that's pretty. Yep. Like no, we're gonna like we're gonna take this and we're gonna flip it on its head. It's like doubling <laughs> down on like no, God is good. Yes. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, so take good. your art and your dragon. <laughs> oh, who, Thomas? Were you the one who sent that? Where it's like, um, oh no, I, I think I don't think it was you. Somebody was like, um, every time somebody says Easter is a pagan holiday, I want to just respond, be careful, or we'll take t- Toyota Thon too. We're going to come for Toyota Thon next, and just like they list all of these like kind of yeah. secular holidays that Christians are just going to take over. <laughs> next will be May Day. <laughs> yeah, May Day, exactly. Well, which we already kind of, don't we do May crowning on May 1st? Isn't that? I think so. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. It's ours. We own it. Yep. Oh, your base is Mary owns it. TM. Yep. <laughs> GG. <laughs> so speaking of trademarking things, you want to end on Elon Musk? Yeah, I know we've been well, going for a while. This is like uh this is well Elon went and uh this guy's a mad lad. He went and uh went and bought all of Twitter. Like a crazy man. Like, no, dude, this is what I'm saying. It's like it started like someone bans the Babylon Bee. He had just sat down with the Babylon Bee, and I feel like that had to play a role in it where he's sitting there. Probably. So like, that's not really cool, but it makes him pretty nice. <laughs> I, do that. I gotta go find 44 billion dollars and buy the thing so now, I'll, now I'll that. that was an awkward interview oh yeah <laughs> the devlin b one was yes yes, yes that was <laughs> so they didn't have any weed to give him <laughs> i no, i i thought the same thing but also when i was watching it i couldn't finish it because i was I, it was like I, i've never watched the office please don't stone mm-hmm. me um, I've never watched The Office. We might. Um, and I've uh, I've not watched Parks and Rec, and I've not par- watched um, Arrested Development. But like the it's like The Office Ooh. and like Arrested Development both have really dry, like yes. awkward yeah. humor, like make yeah. you uncomfortable. Yep. Um, and like that interview reminded me of those of like that kind of style <laughs> of humor. And I was watching this, and I was like, "This isn't fun. Is this supposed to be? Are they being?" Is this real? I was just like so uncomfortable <laughs> watching the interview. I couldn't finish it. Uh, oh my gosh. I, I I love it. I think it's this create. I don't know what I think of Elon Musk, the man, but I love the creative destruction in the market. I think this only brings <laughs> about better capitalist. results. It's if we're going to have a capitalist system, then we need things like this. We need guys who are willing to put down a little bit of cash to improve things. If we're going to have billionaires, at least let them improve products that we all use yeah. Um, yeah. instead of just like, I mean, I'm fine if he wants to have SpaceX, but I'm never going to go to space probably, but I will benefit greatly if Twitter's improved because we'll have better free speech and maybe, I don't know, Twitter's kind of a dumpster fire of a site. Well, it's funny because I think that the things I think as I was listening to people talk about this, um, you can't see it as him buying a social media company. It's him buying a newspaper. Yeah. You know, like nobody cared when Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. Like just nobody right. gave a shit about that, but somebody who did care was again going back to Father Martin. He had this post that everyone, like a lot of people, freaked out about. Maybe he was just trolling people, and if he was trolling, like good for him. But I don't think he was. Um, he has this tweet: the 
44 billion for Twitter could have easily been used to provide food and clean water for the poor, housing for the homeless, shelter for the refugees, medical care for the sick, and funds to eradicate serious illnesses. Mr. Musk would have been a hero, not just another capitalist. I never get these points where it's like you had this money and then you didn't do these other things with the money. So therefore, because you didn't do what I thought you needed to do with the money, you're a bad person with your money. It's like, yeah. dude, I mean, the federal government did ram through a you know stimmy bill of like nine point like one point nine trillion dollars on top of all the other money. Like, how did we not just like if if forty four billion, which I'm not good at math, but forty four billion is not anywhere close to one point nine trillion. Like, why can't we fix like something with a two billion dollar bill? And we yeah. just call it the omnibus fix everything bill. And by that, we just <laughs> fix everything. Because apparently <laughs> if we had used $44 billion to fix everything, we could have done that. But if we wanted to super fix everything, we could have done the super fix everything omnibus spending bill and do like 2 or $3 trillion. Yeah. And we could have just fixed everything. And just, we wouldn't need government we, anymore. Yeah. And, and, then we, yeah <laughs> and then we would have, the Chinese would have forgiven the debt. And yep. like, we'd all live happily ever after. I just, I don't get these, like, obviously yeah. there are some arguments where you like, there's like, when you think of it, you're like, okay, like I am not rich, but I have multiple coats and you can think to yourself, you know what? I probably shouldn't be sitting around with multiple coats because I can't wear multiple coats at the same time. So yeah. one of the things this is not to do my home, but I was like, think about it. I was like, yeah, why do I have this extra coat? It's just laying around. So I threw it in the back of my car. If I see a homeless person and they look like they're about to like freeze, I give them the coat. I don't need the coat. I'm not using the coat. Like, yeah, do that with your extra clothing. Just put it in your car and give to someone if they're cold, right? Just yeah. do it. But like, it's like, okay, this doesn't mean I can't go buy myself a shirt now, right? <laughs> right. This is not what this means, right? Like, this doesn't mean I can go, I can't like do anything with the money. And on top of it, it's an investment. Like, I don't understand how it's like, it's not like he's just like, yeah, well, uh, I'm going to spend 44 billion on a yacht. It's like, no, it's, it's like, it's some sort of investment. I just he's buying I, an asset. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and on how much, and then the, to, to, to further bounce off this idea, it's like, so Father Martin, like how much money has Elon donated to charities? Like, do you have an idea? Like, how much is it? Is it millions? Is it billions? I don't know, but you should probably know before Ten you're bucks? like, what? Why didn't then, like? But you you probably know before you go out and be like, why didn't he spend all the money on this? It's like I don't know. Maybe he has. Maybe he has spent you know over his lifetime billions of dollars on things. I don't know. I mean, one of the greatest Bill Twitter Gates exchanges did that and like great, like awesome. That was that that turned out real well in Africa. Yeah, <laughs> wonderful. Like one of the greatest Twitter exchanges was when someone from the UN tweeted at Elon Musk saying. Uh, if you spend X amount of money, you could solve world hunger. And then Elon's like, give me a business proposal. And if I like it, I'll do it. He said that publicly on Twitter. And the guy said, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. And then um, I haven't seen what's ever happened of it. Apparently they were supposed to get in touch. But my guess is the proposal probably wasn't actually going to solve world hunger. No. Like, just throwing money at a problem is not, I mean, may, I, I don't want to like take away credit from this guy. Maybe this guy has an idea for like 
building infrastructure in countries and like developing things. Maybe he's got an idea, but it's got to be more than just, I, I like that Elon called him out on it being like, fine, I've got $44 billion to spend on Twitter. I've got a couple billion I can spend on world hunger too. Like his, he puts his money where his mouth is on this kind of stuff. And he's just kind of a chaotic force in the market. And it's, he's a very weird dude. He he's very weird. Very weird yeah. <laughs> I just, I find these sorts of like gotcha, not to actually be gotchas, but to show like the insincerity of the critique to begin yeah. with, because yeah. it's not a sincere criti- critique. It's why didn't like, I, you know, I have no idea how much money is being thrown at world hunger by governments, by NGOs, by private citizens. I have none of that idea. I'm just going to say that I saw somebody did a bunch of stuff with their money and I'm going to say, well, why didn't you do the other stuff with your money? It's like, well, I mean, how much money has he has he given? How much money has the U.S. government given to solving world hunger? How much has the EU? Like, you have no idea. These are bad faith arguments and they're dumb. And it's yep. dumb that it's coming from a member of the Catholic Church, like a clergy member of the Catholic Church on top of it, because it screams an insincere critique of wealth. So it's like, why didn't you do the other stuff with it? I don't know. Maybe we have been doing the other stuff with it and it hasn't solved the problem. Maybe just using the stuff doesn't solve the problems. Yeah. I'm ranting at this point. Also, is there is there a moral obligation to do those? Like to not not obviously. I'm not saying is there a moral obligation to help people or like to, yeah. to like to to give to charity give or the, the works of mercy or things like that. But I'm yeah. saying like is he is, is there a moral obligation for him to not use his forty million dollars or billion dollars or whatever to buy Twitter? And then to use that money on something else. Is he morally obligated to do that action? I mean, I think so he's morally if obligated he's not, to help like, people, right? Like, I think like there is that moral obligation that he has to, in some capacity, if he, if he is the richest man on the earth, right? Like there is like, I would argue that there is some element where he, he has a lot of money. So he should really be trying to help out people with all that money because he himself can't possibly burn through all that money. He's like, oh, I don't know about those rockets. Like, could they burn a lot of money? Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like really like, it's like, okay. Yeah. So it's like, I, I still, I'm going to be a little bit like Catholic integrationist here. Where it's like, yeah, you do kind of have a little bit of an obligation to do something with it. But again, it's like, okay, how much has he, has he like never given a penny to the poor? Does he like kick ca- like cats and like distressed puppies? Monty Burns just I like, know, it's just, yeah. yeah. Is that what Elon does all day long? And then he's like, oh, let me go spend more money on, on things that I want. Like a little play thing. Well, it's like, my, I, I just want to say, Mike, you're, you're absolutely right. No, you're right, though. But it, I think, Thomas, you're, you're right. There is a responsibility, but it's a responsibility that's on anybody who has anything. Yeah. Like we have responsibility it, to give to like everybody. Us, yeah. us three. Yeah. Us, we're not we all have the responsibility to give. I mean, I'm the most destitute yeah. here and I can give some money. <laughs> right. So it's, it's our responsibility to give to Thomas. <laughs> I will. I will accept a cash app. Yes. <laughs> um, I am once again before. asking for your donations. <laughs> I am once again coming to you. Um, but so yeah, it's on everybody to to perform the the works of mercy, give for the poor. He's giving more because it's a percentage of a much greater amount, obviously, and he can have a bigger impact. But his moral obligation, I don't think, is any greater because a he's not a king he, he's not he doesn't have temporal authority 
And so he doesn't have that you obligation to take care of Tesla Teslas start driving themselves in ways that you don't want them to go. And you're yeah, like, oh, right. no. <laughs> like all, of, all of your people belong to me. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I shouldn't speak too soon. We, exactly. He might end up being. <laughs> I still think it was funny. Is, is people were like, on Mars? <laughs> yes. Um, funny how people yeah. were like arguing that like Elon Musk was like the Tony Stark of our generation, but like actually now he's like Thanos. And it's like, guys, do you have no better analogy through which to see the world than Marvel movies? <laughs> like, really? Like, this is like this is like a major publication, like Vice or Vox came out with this, where it's like he was Tony Stark, now he's Thanos. It's like, what? Because like he might allow free speech on Twitter. Like, he yeah, exactly. It's like he snaps his finger and half of the Twitter users appear. Like, yeah, exactly. What a bad dude. <laughs> Just like straight up Thanos, inverse Thanos here. Like, like what sort of infantile like analogy? Oh do you live in like this is this is your moral like climax of like thanos and iron man like come on guys <sighs> we don't live with serious people have you seen no. see biden's like new uh pick for like the department of truth or whatever it's called now department i'm pretending that doesn't exist i honestly i'm well, pretending like that pretend didn't happen exist, but they yeah. certainly don't pretend that you i know exist. i know but I, <laughs> I i'm pretending it doesn't exist because it is so insane that if i start to engage with it I'm I'm starting to get to Mike where I'm like I think our government's unjust and we need to start doing something about it. Um, so the Department of Homeland Security yep. uh-huh. has created the Ministry of Truth. No, well, it's not the Ministry of oh. Truth. It's the Ministry to Stop of- Disinformation. But yeah, not misinformation. Disinformation from disinformation. foreign actors. Of foreign actors. Foreign actors, right? And the and the and the cartel. Because we so all what, know you- like like Bollywood. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> foreign actors. <laughs> I mean, you, 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 we joke, but no, you kind of like, I don't know. John Cena really did bend over on that one. <laughs> uh, so just so that I can, let's make sure I'm going to go to the hill to make sure we're getting all of like a because I don't want to say. Oh, don't worry. I, I only spread misinformation, not disinformation. So I've got enough. I've got enough information down okay. right now that I can go so, like, get some solid misinformation. Okay. <laughs> not disinformation. So the, It'll be kind of right. It'll be misinformation. Yes. So this is from the Hill. The Biden administration's Department of Homeland Security announced this week that it has launched what it is being dubbed a disinformation governance board to combat misinformation. And it is information. Yeah. And the person chosen to lead this new committee of public information under my is Nina Jankovic, uh, who calls herself a disinformation fellow and a Russian disinformation expert. Um, and let's see. Uh, literally like an office for propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's an office dedicated to gaslighting people. Yep. I, That's amazing. And you can see why I'm just kind of like pretending this doesn't exist because we're really we're we're heading down a weird path right now, um, especially because it's connected to the Department of Homeland Security, which has a ton of power already yeah. to like arrest people without probable cause and hold them like on like suspicion of like, her- like you know, they, they can do a lot of really weird stuff that is like kind of extra constitutional um, or it's technically constitutional, but like only barely because congress passed a law without reading it um so yeah no we're uh can i can i toss out something real quick if anyone claims yeah. that on this podcast i was drinking a screwdriver that was disinformation 
It's like there's there's no basis in reality that I was ever drinking a screwdriver. So this podcast, and I should get that. I should get this office to help me out. Um, no, but again, it, to take about it from from foreign actors, right? Like, what is the foreign myth that has like percolated? in the u.s oh. recently right so <laughs> like what's what, what i mean i'm just saying the like ghost what, of what's... kiev, <laughs> the ghost <laughs> of kiev. okay yeah but from the from the ukrainians so what they've talked about thomas what the, the the main thing that they said it's covid and then what's happening at the border those are the two things that they listed as being like the disinformation items that they want to uh counter so that's what they're claiming. So who's spreading that sort of disinformation? The Mexican government? Uh, so the cartels? No. Like Wait, cartel- no. I, human traffickers, I guess. I, I mean, like what? That it's like fine down there or something? Uh, <laughs> that's essentially the gist of what they were saying, that they want to help foreign nationals understand that you can't come to the United States and like just walk over the border. Because apparently that's what's being. But obviously this is not what the Department of Homeland Security's ministry of truth is going to be doing no <laughs> like this they're not just going to be like oh we're going to go down to these you know latin america countries and yeah the, okay, but the thing that like whatever her was jankowitz the one who is yeah. assigned as it she believed the steel dossier yeah she she was just like yeah this is totally true hunter biden laptop total russian russian information misinformation yeah. right oh, holy God. shit like that's the person that you want running it like the steel dossier wasn't this just so silly? so pathetically constructed that you have to be so I would have been so credulous and just being like, no, I do. I can imagine Trump doing the things in the steel dossier that the steel dossier said he did. And I'm not going to yep. say what it is. You go look it up. Google it yourself. Right. But like, Therefore, you have true. to be so credulous to want to believe that. Right. For yep. political gain. <laughs> like, And then she's the one who's running it. Like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. I I am just like, I feel like we're living definitely in a kind of bizarro world where you have the Easter bunny pulling the president of the United States away from reporters and like, just do it. Like scaring the crap out of Joe Biden. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. Scaring the crap out of Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Well, just, he like, did. Oh, he, he did. did. Yeah, oh yeah, this amazing video where Joe's like talking to Joe, uh, the president is uh, talking to somebody, Ned and Divine. the Easter Bunny like person in costume comes over to him, and Mr. Biden like tur- like Joe Biden turns to him, and it's just like, 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 just- like, like <laughs> it's like actually like struck with fear. Like, what <laughs> yeah. is this? But, but, but you knew the context of what he was talking about there. Yeah, he's talk- he's talking about Afghanistan and the pull from Afghanistan. Yep. And so then the Easter Bunny comes over and like pulls him away real quick. It's like, so obviously Biden's got a mic on him. Yeah. And this bunny is listening. I don't know. I want to know who's in the bunny because obviously the bunny is running things in the White House. How big those bunnies, their ears are. (laughs) He didn't have a mic. Come on, Peter. That's that's, that's true. Every biologist or like zoologist knows that rabbits have a cute sense of hearing. That's true. That is true. So, man, this this podcast maybe descended into just. All right. We got a new merch idea. It's 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 like all the all the like the uh, presidential like colors flag and then you have like the bunny in a suit. Yeah. Ruling yes. The White House. Yep. Who's who's really in charge? Who's really the deep state is the Easter Bunny. Peter Cottontail is is who's in who's Mr. running. McGillicuddy was actually like the freedom loving Alex Jones and Beatrice Potter. That's right. That's what that's what he was. So, like that's what we needed in Olympus has fallen. We didn't need Garrett Butler. We needed yeah, we need Easter you. Bunny going through and messing up the yep. North Koreans. Like, 
like what where how did we get here and i don't know i, I don't want to go down I, we've been talking long enough but we're at a weird spot there's some weird stuff happening we i would say my words of wisdom if we can get to that point are this pray and then also be very aware and don't be hysterical but things are moving in the economy and so just make sure you're taking care of your family and um, just be aware of what's happening. Don't let everything distract you. Like be focused on what you have to deal with and take care of your business because don't, things don't, let, don't get, let Easter bunnies distract you. Yeah. Don't let Easter bunnies distract you because <laughs> things um, are happening. Also, uh, things are happening. It looks like JD Vance is going to win the Ohio uh, Senate primary. He's up by like 6% over uh, Mandel. I have not been following that at all. Yeah, it's going to be. It looks like it's going to be JD Vance against. I forget who the other dude is. So who is JD Vance? So a Repu- is this who, a Republican primary? Yeah, he's the guy who wrote Hillbilly Elegy. I honestly, I I am so out of loop on this one. I have no idea yeah. who either of these guys are. JD Vance is going to be it. Uh, is he? Uh, so who backs JD Vance? Uh, Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is Trump thrown his hat? at the very last minute endorsed Vance? He did. Okay. Yep. Which is funny because Vance has said some negative things about Trump. So, interesting. This year is going to be fascinating. He didn't mean it. It was all right. It was just a joke. I take jokes, unlike Rosie O'Donnell. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) Oh, man. So, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But we can can wrap up here. We've kind of covered the gambit, kind of started serious, and we ended up with the Easter Bunny. So, I would I would like to I would like to finish at least my my part of things for yes, some yes. some of the critical stuff that we have said uh, that we should uh, pray for our priests and pray for Father Martin. Oh yes, that's true. Absolutely. That's fair point. Always have to pray. Yes, we I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, I hope we weren't too critical, but some of those are real, those are just so bad. But a part of it also righteous just. But if you right. do put yourself out in the public sphere like this, I mean, which we kind of are as well. Um, yeah. Although our audience is like. One millionth the size of other, but we'll see. We'll grow. It'll grow. Um, I don't know. You're hoping for criticism. It's kind of the way it goes. But anyway, I'm yeah. I'm gonna finish the screwdriver. Or it's not a screwdriver. Not screwdriver. Misinformation. <laughs> Total misinformation. Yeah. You Russian plant. Yeah, <laughs> lamp and liquor pipe. Which would be just vodka and the like Red Dawn or something. Prost. <laughs> Prost. Prost. Salute. <laughs> <laughs>